podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sie hören gerade den Podcast We Are West Ham mit mir, Will Pugh, und meinem Freund James Jones. And West Ham United have got the second leg of a Europa League semi-final away at Eintracht Frankfurt this Thursday evening. I'm buzzing as ever. History in the making. A little bit disappointing, of course, with the result last week from London Stadium. The 2-1 defeat to Eintracht. But West Ham were absolutely peppering the woodwork and I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that David Moyes' mighty hammers can go out to Germany this week and come back with a place in the Europa League final in the bag. What an occasion that would be. It's exciting times ahead. There was quite a bit of negativity around that result at the London Stadium last Thursday from fans, be that about the performance or just the result as a whole, a little bit of a dour, low mood feeling. But remember how embarrassing it was for me and Jonesy and thousands of other West Ham fans before that Leon away leg where we came into it going, mm, I'm not really sure, can we do it? No faith whatsoever from us in David Moyes' boys. That podcast was called Less Head and More Heart. So that is exactly what I am going for this week because we've come this far why the hell can't this magical journey go one step further and result in a final in Seville for all of us absolutely exciting times it's Tuesday evening as me and mine and Freund James Jones are recording this podcast I'm setting off for Germany tomorrow morning Jones is sitting this one out unfortunately but he'll be holding the fort this end it's exciting stuff, Jonesy. Once again, of course, we did have a Premier League game since we last spoke. That was a defeat to Arsenal at the London Stadium on the weekend. But, you know, a little bit annoying, bit of a dull game. One of those things. All focus on Thursday, though. It's going to define the season. It already has, basically, whatever happened. Uh, so before we get into all that, mate, nice to see you again. I'm glad you got the memo, as I did, about Black Hoodie Black Cap for this week's podcast. Um, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Um, I mean, I know you're excited for, for Thursday. I, I am excited, but I'm already just unhealthily nervous for it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not doing my poor little art any good. Um, and that's all I can really think about. It's just really eating away at me, the, the nerves. and Really? The fact, the, yeah, and the fact I'm not going as well just kind of just adds to that mm. anxiety a little bit because um, I know that, obviously, if, if we do manage to do it, then, like, there's only one place I'd rather be and that's not in my front room in Boreham Wood. I'd rather be in the, was it the Deutsche Bank Stadion yeah, yeah, Deutsche in Bank Frankfurt yeah. or whatever it is. So, yeah, I'm 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 okay, mate. I'm just kind of just taking each day as it comes and just keep my heart rate down as um as best, uh, you can. As, as, as best I can until until the game kicks off and then God knows what's gonna happen after that. Um we'll just have to see what happens. <laughs> you know what, mate? It's funny. And I am to be honest, I'm gutted you're not coming. Like Leon was just so magical, wasn't it? An absolutely yeah. wonderful occasion. 
we haven't, despite the fact that we chat about West Ham with each other every single week and have done for mm, coming up to four years now, I think I can count on one hand the amount of West Ham games we've actually watched together, uh, even like on the telly, let alone in the ground. <laughs> I, th- I think I think it's three. Yeah, uh, one on TV, one in. Kid the, the Spur- Harriers, that was. Yeah, one in the Spurs yeah. home end, so we couldn't really yeah. discuss the, the game together. One. Yeah. And that was that was the first one that we've watched together in amongst actual West Ham fans as well, live in a, in a stadium. <laughs> it actually was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I was watching so, um, the ground together. Yeah. Um, t- well, look, mate. It's bad, isn't it? Four years. Fingers crossed the... Uh, yeah, but, you know, fingers yeah, crossed yeah, the... COVID, uh, the yeah, fingers crossed the next one can be the Europa League final. Um, wouldn't that be absolutely oh, incredible? Oh. Uh, listen, bone to pick with you first of all, mate, uh, as has become somewhat of a, um, it's hard to call it a trademark because I've only done it three times now, um, but doing the uh, intro to the podcast uh, in the language of the team we're about to play in the Europa League, uh, as I was scrabbling around on Google, <laughs> Google Translate um, before the thing, trying to find the German translation, not on Google, Um yeah, to the you are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh and my mate James Jones. I don't really know. I've got some stick for my French attempt when we were in Lyon. Um, my Spanish was okay, I think, because, uh, yeah, that's the only language I've got oh, actually know some of the words to. Um, you just told me, as I was scrabbling around trying to figure out, repeating it and trying to figure out how to say all those words, uh, that you'd done German at GCSE, yet stayed completely silent and offered absolutely no help up whatsoever. If anything, mate, you should have done the intro. Yeah, I, I, I apologise for that, mate. But as I said, that um, when I did my GCSEs, that was a long, long, long time ago. Um, and I only picked... Yeah, no. That's only... like more than half your life ago, is it not? Oh, yeah, 100% it is, definitely. What, you're now 34? Um, uh, I'm 34 this year, so yeah. <laughs> so, yeah more than um, half your life, yeah. Right there. So, but I, I only picked German GCSE because the year before we went on a, a German a German school trip for a week hmm. um, and we visited this really cool water park. Right. And it was like the best water park I've ever had. Rapids, they're there, Finn. Yeah. Um, and they did it every year. It was the first year I'd gone and I was like, I really want to do that again. So I picked... Hmm. I picked German GCSE purely to do that trip. <laughs> Just go for a week at a water park. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and and they didn't do it. They didn't do it ever again. Oh, mate! So I, I, had to do, I had to do two years of GCSE German. I can't remember. What, I think I got a C, maybe. And yeah. I had absolutely no interest in learning the language. It's no disrespect to the German language, but no. I just had no interest in learning it. Just more it. respect um, to their water parks. I mean, fair play to the German water parks. The one I, I can't even remember where it was. Um, you know what? But, yeah, that's class. weird. Yeah, I've got a feeling it's one of the like the biggest ones in the world. Like genuinely, because I've got this weird, even as a thirty-year-old man, like really, really want to go to a decent water park like soon on in my next holiday. Um, and looking up, like most of the massive, huge ones, the epic ones are in like America and Canada. But I think there is one in Germany that's like world slash European famous on the, you know, as famous as you can be being a water park. But in the water park world, I think it's fairly well, well known. Well, from what I remember, it wasn't like um, like the biggest place in the world. It was just. Oh, really? It was just, I mean, it might have been, um, but it was just really fun. The rapids were great. Slides yeah, were mate. good. Tropical um, Island, it's called. Uh, was it in Krausnik? Doesn't ring a bell, mate. Oh, right. Okay. Sprawling um, tropical theme park with rooms and cottages, plus an indoor rainforest, lagoon, and spa. 
no. 4.2 out of 5 on Google rating, 34k no. uh, ratings. Yeah, it's only near 60 kilometers von Berlin, so whatever that means. Well, well, no, no, I don't think it was that, but yeah, obviously, karma come back some bites, maybe because obviously they cancelled the trip, yeah, yeah. And um, so the reason why I didn't help you, mate, going back to the original point, was just purely mm. because I um, I can barely remember a single word of German. I, I know yeah, bits, I still roughly remember bits of it. Mm. Um, but I, I actually absolutely had no confidence in myself to help you out with that intro, mate. No, no, fair. Uh, mate, and, and now, back then, you didn't have Google. Now we live in an age of Google. So, mate, just use Google. Right. Yeah, but you can't do that conversationally, can you? I mean, no. I'm going to be absolutely stumped this week because I... Even French, you sort of know a few words. Yeah. German, I genuinely reckon I know. What's thank you is literally just Danke, isn't it? Danke, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, isn't what's right? Go. I tell you what. As while we're on, then let's just put your little German to a to a test. And I, by the way, oh, I just like to say to the uh, to the listeners, those of you who are here for email and shed content. This has got to be a step up for that, isn't it? At least it's a yeah. little bit topical, this this little part of the intro. Uh, yeah. Right, okay. So I'm just going to go through words that I will typically need. Um, so I want you to do your best at helping me out. Words and phrases. Come on, I'm not going to I'm not going to put you through your paces too much. Right, hello. Uh, guten Tag. Is it? All right, okay, fine. I thought that was a good day or whatever. They'll, they'll right, go just like, um, or it's like, guten Tag, it's like good morning, I think. But then like... Well, you might say, like, well. I think it's just hello. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, fine. Good and tired and go with. Uh, goodbye. Uh, oh, my God. God. Blimey, mate. This yeah. is bad. If we'd, like, I figured these two, like, is it not Alvida saying? It is Alvida saying. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is Alvida right, saying. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I feel like you're supposed to be the one teaching me. Don't blame me. Blame, blame the English curriculum for GCSE German. Okay, I don't fine. remember. <laughs> um, can, um, you may not have learnt this at 16. Uh, can I have two beers, please? Um, well, two is Zwei. Ein Zwei. Ein Zwei. Vier. Vier. Vumpf. Sechs. Sieben, acht, neun, zehn. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Boom. Yeah. I know, fine, I know. Well, I'm going to be fine. Basically Roughly fluid. know one to ten. I don't know what. I'm, I'm assuming beer is just beer. Maybe or beer. Stein. I'm just gonna say Stein. Stein is just like a the glass that comes pint. in. Yeah, and that's yeah, what that's, that, that's what I'm jealous about. You going to Germany because a Stein yeah, yeah. of German beer is like the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Can I have? Um, it. No, I've lost well, it. Well, I must admit, mate, this this little segment has gone way. Uh, can ich haben? Ich, so I got it right. <laughs> that, that was I. Yeah. I'm just going to go up to people going, I beer, please. I beer. <laughs> oh my God. This, I'm going to put it out there now. I've never had a German lesson before, but this is the worst German lesson I've ever had in my life or any yeah, lesson of anything ever. Don't come to me for German lessons. Nah, I'm, currently, I'm currently learning Spanish as well. So I don't. Oh, yeah. Um, or I've kind of sort of stopping and starting I've ramped up a little bit more recently because could be going to Seville in a couple of weeks yeah um, German uh, sorry Duolingo yeah but and also kind of pretty much grew up in Spain as a kid and I've always felt guilty that I don't speak yeah, a word yeah. of it 
Um, so I thought, right, I'm going to ramp up. by far the best language, mate. Yeah, 100%. I want to ramp that up. And it, it, I, now you're throwing German, German at me, and I'm kind of mm. getting all confused. I'm thinking in Spanish and trying to speak German. And, yeah, I understand. Yeah, uh, so can I have two beers, please, for anyone who's going out to Frankfurt? Can ich bitte zwei Bier haben? So there we go. What is please? Do you know what please is? I don't know which word out of that is. Um, please. That again? Ah, oh, I've just deleted it. Uh, hang on, please. Oh, bitter. B-I-T-T-E. Yeah, yeah, bitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that absolutely fell on its ass, didn't it? That little <laughs> segment. Um, so we've got your nerves out the way. I'm, so I'm not feeling nervous yet, mate. I don't know why. I just think because we're behind, and I'm pretty confident. But um, yeah, before we move on properly, just uh, just quickly, then um, how you've been feeling just about uh, about football? We obviously had the Frankfurt defeat, and we'll go, and then the Arsenal one uh, at the weekend. So it's two defeats, but I'm not feeling too gloomy, which is weird. Um, what's your sort of general stance from a football perspective before we uh, go on in more detail? I mean, it's, we haven't won since Leon's. So there's no winning four. Um, three three defeats in a row. And I know I said I'm nervous about Thursday. I'm, I'm not so much worried about it. I'm just a little bit nervous about it. But what I am worried about is falling out of that top seven. Um, like it's, it's another week where Wolves have lost and we've just not capitalised by getting a single point. Mm. Um, they got battered at home by Brighton, and they're, that I think Wolves have still got to play Chelsea, City, and Liverpool. So we've got we've still got a chance, even if we don't win between now and mm. end of the season. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just getting a little bit concerned with that. Um, that worries me a little bit that we're not going to be, be going to end up with nothing at the end of the season. It's been a, a wonderful, wonderful season. We'll always remember it as such a incredible campaign. But I, I just don't want us to end the season empty-handed. Mm. That's that's my big fear now is that we end the season empty hand. We've got nothing to show for what's been an incredible season. Nah, we got we will though, won't we? I I don't think you can honestly say nothing to show for. Like the idea that reaching the semi final alone isn't. Oh an no, of course. That's, that's, that an and what we've done in the cups as well. You know, I I I do I sort of know what you mean, but the idea that this season hasn't or wouldn't or doesn't represent huge progress for the football club. Even genuinely, even if we ended up, you know, eight or whatever um, and got knocked out of this, I genuinely think, because that is the worst that can happen, really, isn't it? We, I know, it we is, yeah. Ninth, but then, we're unlikely to come ninth. But then that's, you know, you, you mentioned progress, then you don't, progress is qualified from Europe again. Hmm. Um, for me, like, yeah, it's been an incredible season. We've achieved so much, we've achieved more than we thought we would do. Hmm. It'll go down in history this season. Um, but if we're, if we're talking about sort of ongoing progress, then qualifying for Europe kind of represents that. Obviously, winning Europa League also represents that. If we're not going to win Europa League, or the semis, yeah, um, or we're not going to win, get into the final or or whatever, then you know some kind of progress and um, almost I can't, I can't, consistency is the right word, but progress means qualifying again, regardless of what European competition that is. Mm. Um, and that's what I mean by ending the season with anything to show for it. If we kind of have this amazing season, get to Europa League semi-final or final, and then end it not being in Europe again next season, it'll be just a little bit frustrating for me. It's just like, yeah, we want fun. it again. We said it after Seville, we said it after Lille. We want this every single season now. 
Now yeah. we've got it. Now we've had a taste of it, and we might not have it next year. And that's what's eating at me a little bit. That's why I'm a bit. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see, mate. Listen, uh, we'll go into all of that stuff in a little bit more detail. The Arsenal and Frankfurt opposition view. Just a reminder: you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham, or Instagram at we are West Ham Pod, Facebook we're we are West Ham Podcast, YouTube definitely go and get us over at YouTube, as more than 25,000 of you did um, over the last week, uh, where we are West Ham Podcast on YouTube. So get over there and subscribe to our channel. Jonesy uh, is in charge of that side of things. And I did a opposition view, which you'll have all heard on the podcast with Basti Roth um, from the Eintracht Frankfurt podcast last week. And it actually went down... A storm, Jonesy. I really enjoyed the chat. Um, I'm delighted to confirm that I, I'm meeting Basti tomorrow night uh, in a bar slash studio, he advises me, near his office in Frankfurt to have a beer, chat about the game and do another video um, ahead of Thursday night's game. That will be uploaded as a separate podcast as well. So you'll get this one uh, Tuesday night um, and then the yeah the opposition view just for Frankfurt. We'll do the Norwich one tonight. But the opposition view for Frankfurt will be recorded and go up Wednesday evening. Um, but yeah, so those of you uh, who aren't already subscribed to the um, our YouTube channel. Now is probably a good time, Jonesy, is it not? An absolutely outstanding performing video. It was brilliant. Uh, I woke up the following morning after I uploaded it and almost dropped me coffee. I think we had like 4,000 views in that first tw- 12 hours. And then from there, it just snowballed. And uh, the comment section was full of Frankfurt fans, which was nice, all being very, very complimentary of uh, our podcasting uh, strategy, talking to opposition fans and We've got an, an additional 100, 120 subscribers off the back of it. Twenty-two or 23,000 views on that one video alone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all good on the YouTube front. Happy days. Yeah, happy days, mate. Yeah, I had a few. Steve Hunt messaged me and uh, said, nice one in the week. Some nice words from Steve. A few other guys or listeners got in touch as well. So, although it's worth noting, Jonesy, that if everyone who listens to this podcast uh, every single week, given the amount of total downloads we've had and that we get every week, we would have way more uh, subscribers to the YouTube channel. So, um, yeah, maybe yeah. now's the time. If you subscribe to the pod and don't subscribe to the YouTube, um, head on over there and uh, and hit subscribe. The link to our channel is in the description to this podcast. So you can get it up quite easily on your phone. So that video we did with Bestie last week went down really well. Hoping to have a similar performing one tomorrow uh yes head on over there and get involved if you so wish you can email us as well bit retro at we are west pod at gmail.com uh, as i've already mentioned the links to all of the ways you can follow us and contact us are included in the description to this pod below so click on the episode and just scroll up uh, depending on what platform you're listening on that big blurb with all the words about what the episode's about at the bottom of that is where all the links are uh, and don't forget you can buy us a beer and support the pod at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham plenty of you have done that already which we really appreciate um i'll be heading out to frankfurt tomorrow it's not the same without jonesy though so um i'm sh- you know i'm sure uh, um he won't begrudge me a beer or two but as i've mentioned before uh, that money goes directly to me and jones you can donate from as little as a fiver each it just goes on equipment guest fees or pints behind bars when jones and i are together um so yeah all the remote equipment i'll be chatting to bastion tomorrow has all been bought through that sort of thing so if you fancy going over there and chipping in you can do that at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham 
let's get the show on the road properly, shall we, Jonesy? Uh, with tonight's show, or this week's show, we've got Arsenal reaction, Frankfurt reaction with the opposition view, as I've mentioned, to come as a separate podcast slash YouTube video on Wednesday night. Uh, the Betway charity bets will do. The Norwich opposition view. West Ham women who were on the end of a bit of a hiding at the weekend before some final thoughts from Jonesy and I ahead of an absolutely mammoth. I'm running out of words, Jonesy, for the fact that West Ham are in the second leg of a Europa League semi-final and there's only a goal in it. Uh, I really am running out of superlatives. God knows what I'm going to do if we get to the final. But all of that is coming up on an exciting show. And we'll start with reaction to the Arsenal game and that Eintracht Frankfurt defeat last Thursday next. Arsenal then, Jonesy. Big one for you, I understand. Uh, Some family connections. Uh, is it Lucy's dad who supports the Gooners? Um, I yeah, father-in-law's a Gooner. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Uh, were you over at the game at the weekend? How was it? Um, you know, talk to me about it. Yeah, I took took him along to uh, uh, good man Chad talked us out with um, hospitality tickets. So uh, to, to the father finally, the father. James Hospital Jones is taking it, taking it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went along to that. So really, really. Really, really good experience. Um, and then um, watched the game, obviously, with him. And there was uh, four Arsenal fans sitting behind behind me and him. Um, I had to listen to them in my ear for, for 90 minutes, which was incredibly frustrating. Um, but all in all, good experience. Um, I don't know if any of our listeners have, have done it in the, the Arnold Hills Lounge, but incredibly impressive. Mm. Uh, food's, food's top-notch. Um, good seats. So yeah, I had a good day all in, apart from the apart from the result. Busy afternoon, mate. Yeah, very busy afternoon. The Arsenal fans behind you then, like quite vocal, were they? Or oh, I mean, they were they were low key vocal. They weren't like shouting. They weren't getting up and they weren't getting up and celebrating or anything like that. But you know, when you've got you know you've got, I think they were quite young, probably sort of early twenties or something. And you know, one of them's talking a good game. He's kind of mm. telling the players what to do. He's going, oh, you know, release Tommy, release Tommy. Oh, Jack, a man on, man on. And it's like, it's in my ear. I'm yeah, just yeah. like, mate, give it I a don't rest. need this kind of thing. I just don't need this. Um, like, you're talking like you're, you're on the sidelines next to Arteta. Like, just yeah. chill. But, um, but yeah, at, at the end, I shook, shook around and said, well done. Just make sure Tottenham don't get in the top four. You needed the points more than we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's what it is. But, yeah. What did you make of the game then? I thought it was relatively even. You know, I think we had we had some good spells. Frustrating to to lose the two set piece goals. Um, mm. really frustrating because we're normally really strong at set pieces. I know we didn't have Dawson on the pitch, which probably didn't help. But it was. I thought you know if we'd have if if that ended one all or two two, I don't think anyone in neither side could have had many complaints. Um, I think it would have probably suited both teams as well. Get the draw. Obviously, I know you, you were talking to. Um, Katsi on the Arsenal overview, and you both agreed that a draw was probably a good result. And I think it was probably, yeah, probably wouldn't have been that unfair. But yeah, we conceded the second, couldn't get back into it. Uh, but I thought we did enough to, we had enough chances to do so. The mm. same thing, I've said it so many times this season. Um, final third need to be better. Mm. We, we're just so inconsistent in that final third. But have games where we're just ruthless. Um, Leon away being the most, the most recent one. 
And then there's other games where we just we seem to just almost forget what to do in the final third. Um, and I, it just felt like that a little bit. Uh, we had our chances, but uh, it's what it is. One of those, one of those afternoons, I think. And um, I'm still scratching my head over the the decision to book um, Bowen for jumping out the way of Ramsdale's um, high studs. Um, and it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, and then a time wasting end from Inketia and Saka and yeah, but uh, mate, you can't moan at teams for doing that. that we you'd always shout at West Ham player to go in the corner if you were one up away from home. No, no, that that time wasted like fine. You know, it's, the ball's in play. It's just part the ball's of the in play. Game. But when, when West Ham got a free kick and you got like Inketia just standing on the ball, hmm. and then when he's told to move out of the way by Mike Dean, he just still stands there. It's just like Mike Dean, you've got to do something. You're the referee, mate. You've got to, well, yeah, to do something exactly. about it. Yeah. Um, and then That's obviously, like the ref, isn't it? Like you, and then you get, and then you get shoved them, out of the way, and then all the Arsenal players go nuts. And it's like, well, what on earth did you expect? That's the point. The whole yeah. point of those things is to slow the game down and kill a bit of time. And that's just gamesmanship, man. Like game management, isn't it? Yeah. It, frust- it just frustrated me at the time. Um, it's down to like, the ref to. Stamp yeah, down and it doesn't help when it's doesn't help when it's Mike Dean. To be fair, but no. the decision with um, uh, with the with the Bowen the Bowen Yeller. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. there was no contact, but he, he's had to get out of the way of that. Otherwise, he, he, he gets studs in his knee. Well, yeah, um, and <laughs> you, 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 did you not think it was weird of Bowen though? Sort of being like, yeah, he didn't touch me. It was a, like almost admit it was like it wasn't a. Well, it was a dive, really, wasn't it? But you're right. Like, well, he's he, like that is a, that is a dangerous challenge. Yeah, he's dived because if he doesn't, he, he's in he's in danger of having a serious injury. Um, so to book him for that, and even to like go like just go to VAR. Like, I know they don't go to VAR for bookings, hmm. but like it's so obvious he hasn't deliberately dived out dived out of the way. Um, in order to earn a free kick and potentially a red card for Ramsdale, like if there's no contact, fine, leave it. Um, yeah, to book, well, to book him for it, and, like it, I thought, just just really, really weird, weird decision. Um, yeah, uh, fair enough. There was no contact, but still, even if there's no contact, it's dangerous play. Massively, like his studs are like whatever, like a foot off the ground. Yeah. He was like out of control, like going with the wording or whatever. He's out of control. Yeah, it was just absolutely baffling. So even when you consider that, it should really still be our free kick. Mm. When you consider the fact that it's dangerous play, he's had to get out of the way of the ball. And because he's had to get out of the way of the ball, he's no longer in control. Uh, right, get away from the, yeah. the challenge. He's no longer in control of the ball. Mm. If he doesn't need to jump out of the way of, a, of high studs, then he's still in control of the ball. Yeah. And, you know, he's got an open goal to run at. Moise so, said afterwards, didn't he? about that he perhaps should have left his leg in there, which I thought, I don't know what I thought about that. Because I don't genuinely don't think, I don't know whether it was a dive or not. It was like... There's an argument in in some situations where, you know, particularly but when players are in the box and a goalkeeper's running out and, mm. you know, you see players do it, they leave a dragon leg in make, mm. to make sure there's contact, to make give give the referee absolutely no, no reason not to give it. Um... But in that situation, when you're running at speed, Ramsdale's running you at speed, and then he runs at you. He's not diving at you with his hands; he's diving at you with his studs up. Mm. Like you don't want to leave your foot in, foot in there. 
We've got a yeah. semi-final in four days' time. Like, yeah, leave yeah. it out. All right. So I, I completely get why Bowen jumped out of the way when he did. Um, but then to, to give a free kick the other way and book him, it's just like the, the, the weirdest decision. Yeah. Um, it's odd, wasn't it? Yeah. So that was a If anything, yeah, it should have just... I don't, I don't know. I still thought... Yeah. I just still thought if, if the goalie doesn't do that action, like Bowen doesn't have to... Like you just said, Bowen likely still has control of the ball. I mean, it did look like it was, he booted it out for a throw, to be fair, but still. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but I don't know. It's just a just a very strange and odd decision mm. to make. But then the other the other thing that frustrated me a little bit was uh, we've been a corner at the end of the first mm. half, and then Mike Dean decides it's probably the best time to call up for half time, then, isn't it? Nah, to be fair, the time was like well up, like it was like. One minute and twenty past the one minute allotted. Yeah. I know you mean. The attacking team, you know, you, you you've won, you've won a, uh, a set piece. Mm. Should be allowed to take the set piece, I think. But I think all in, can't really complain too much with the result. Mm. But then, kind of would wouldn't have, couldn't have begrudged us if we'd have got back into it. But I thought no. we, we weren't the worst performance in the world. I thought we played quite well, and I was quite surprised with the team he put out. Stronger than I thought we would be. Yeah, I didn't like you know, it. Playing man. Bowen, yeah. Rice. Um, I just thought, oh, right. But I, I kind of expected it because he came out, didn't he, last week and said, started hammering home the importance of West Ham finishing the top seven. You know, mm. Moyes was like, yeah, it's really important that we, that we qualify for Europe again next year. You know, we've got to do it. We have to do it. Um, so maybe it wasn't that much of a surprise because suddenly he's maybe oh, gone, maybe. okay, we've lost, we've lost the first leg in the semi final win. There's now a high chance that we don't get to the final. And there's our chance. But that's maybe what he's looking at. He's going, you know, I've now got to think about both. Hmm. So, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't really have any other thoughts thoughts on that. What about the handball? Uh, Rob Holdings handball in the build-up to that goal. That's, um, come on. I mean, I don't don't actually think it is part of the actual rules or whatever. But it hits him on the arm. And then they score. But it's not moments a, later. It's not an, his arms are not in an unnatural position, is it? Well, up in the air on Cooper's back. Well, I mean, it's it's hit him from a, a very short angle, isn't it? And like, I don't think what a corner balls miles he, away. He can't he can't do much about that. I don't uh, think I don't think it's it's not like he's used it to control the ball. Um, it's not deliberate. Yeah, it's just a, I think it's a bit frustrating. Isn't it? Like the Chelsea game as well. We're sort of like. We sort of snatched defeats from the jaws of a draw, haven't we? Yeah. I know that isn't a phrase, by the way. No, it's not. But it is now. Yeah. Um, as much as I said it in German, for all the sense of it. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know really, mate. It's just sort of, I was just like, oh, hurry up, get it out of the way. <laughs> get it out of the way so we can focus on Thursday. But yeah, I've, I know what you mean about the team, but I don't know. I didn't like the, the strength of it. I would have preferred to see a few more rests in there. Um, not that, to be fair, you know, like Bowen and Rice don't typically display fatigue, do they? No. So perhaps I, I, that's quite as bad. I'd, I'd have given... Uh, hang on. Am I... No. Who, Such, I'm trying to... Suchek rested, Suchek was rested, yeah. yeah but he's played, he did actually look shattered recently. He's played... I think he's played 48 games this season. Hmm. Uh, Four Nails has played 50 games. So surprised he played. Hmm. Um, so many that are cozying in on 50 as well. Hmm. Um, 
So yeah, Bowen and Rice haven't. I think they've only played like forty-five, which isn't far off the fifty, to be fair. But they've had a little bit more rest than the others. Um, But yeah, yeah, it was it was somewhat surprising to see a stronger side than we than we played against Chelsea. Hmm. But also good to see Mark Noble just bossing midfield. I was just going to say that, mate. I thought Noble had a pretty good game. Yeah, good game. Sprayed the ball about. Yeah. Um, wasn't really ever in a position where you think, oh my God, he's lost his legs. He kept up with the play, uh, read the game very well. Yeah. Um, didn't put a foot wrong in my opinion. Um, looked like a player that you could probably squeeze another couple of years out of, to be fair. Shame he's retiring <laughs> in two weeks, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, he, yeah. Was, he was pretty adamant, wasn't he, in the build-up yeah. um, to the Frankfurt game last week. Um, but yeah, no, overall, again, honestly, mate, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's a bit short-sighted, but I don't know. I just sort of, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it's just so far down. I was spoke about this already. I'm not going to reinforce the same point about how much I'm really not that bothered about the Premier League. Uh, when we've got Europa League on, if we lose Thursday, I'd just like to say I will be straight back to being like, okay, right, Premier League, let's go for it. But uh, anyway, yeah, not the end of the world. Right, stay with us. We'll do Frankfurt reaction next. As I said, mate, just wanted to get that Arsenal game out of the way. It came off the back of that 2-1 defeat to Eintracht Frankfurt last Thursday. All in all, I'll be honest, I didn't think it was half as bad as, as everyone was saying. It's a disappointing result and obviously, you know, at home and you don't want to lose, blah, blah, blah. But I think we showed at Leon after that Leon game, we can do anything. We shouldn't fear anyone anywhere. Mm. Um I thought Frankfurt were pretty decent, but I also thought Leon were a pretty decent side in the first leg as well. Um, the first goal, the early goal, sorry, in the first minute, completely killed what was, uh, well, not completely, but really dulled down what was an amazing atmosphere beforehand. You know, the usual patter, lazy patter I've heard about people saying, oh, the atmosphere wasn't very good. No, the atmosphere was absolutely amazing until the opposition scored after 54 seconds, which is completely natural. I thought it picked up again when we equalised and obviously got a little bit flatter again after they scored. But honestly, mate, we hit the bar, the post twice. We hit the bar once. Uh, I know they hit the post as well, but even if, if all of those went in, we still win the game 4-3. You know, uh, I didn't... They were clinical, but I, they really didn't create many chances but obviously when they did um they put the ball in the back of the net their first one there was some criticism for West Ham sort of switching off early but it was also a pin perfect cross mm. and a perfectly timed run and like so you know you can't shy away from the fact that it was a really good goal from them the second one was a bit unlucky a good save from Ariola. um but then we had chances as well I, I you know I sort of I know it's easy to uh, sort of understandable that we've lost the game, but being one goal down at half time when you've clearly been in the game and created some clear cut chances, we've already displayed this season the quality we can show and our ability to pick up a result away from home in a big game against a big football inside in a hostile atmosphere. I'm, I'm not really, you know, I don't see any reason for, for quite the amount of doom and gloom that I've been seeing and hearing and reading, mate. No, I don't think there's any reason to, uh, for the doom and gloom. I thought, I thought that we were, 
we were good on the, in the first leg. I, th- I was I was quite impressed with Frankfurt. I thought uh, their style of play meant that every time they got the ball, they looked like they they were going to score. I always felt like they had more men on the pitch than we did. It's just their their style of play. Obviously, they didn't, but their style of play meant that you know, every time they were in possession, they were pushing forward. They were outnumbering our defenders, um, particularly in wide areas, um, and that causes a few problems. Um, they didn't. I don't think they created more clear cut chances than we did, but they always looked like they could. Whereas our build up to attacks was a little bit more laboured, a little bit mm, more true considered. Whereas they were like every time they got the ball, go out wide, and suddenly they had a load of, load of men running at us. Very very counter attacking side, mm. um, and I was quite impressed with them. But I don't think it was a terrible performance from us. Huh. And you you mentioned it in the woodwork, you know, Bones in the first half, Bowen it's the post. Yeah. You watch the replay, the slightest touch from the keeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then in the last minute, over at kick, it's the bar. I mean, you know it's not your day when things like that happen. You know, any other day that goes in the back of them. Then Ramos won at the post, didn't it? Yeah. Or it, or that, that bowing attempt, you know, on another day that goes in the underside of the bar, just over yeah. the line. Or it comes out, bounces off the keeper and goes Absolutely. in. Absolutely. You know, it was just, yeah. you see that and you go, yeah, today weren't our day. Yeah, um, but we've played well, and you quite, as you quite rightly said, we go into this second leg, a goal down, away from home in a hostile, hostile atmosphere. Absolutely no reason still that we can't we can't go there and get a result. Done it, yeah. done it, at Leon. Okay, Leon, we went in at one all, but we still had to get a result, hmm. um, and we still, I, I still think we st- we still had to score two goals at Leon because you know the later it goes, and still only one goal in it at Leon, I think they would have probably got back into it. Yeah. Um, We've got to score two goals at Frankfurt, probably three really, to kill the game. So, yeah, we're we're good enough, and we're more than capable of going there and getting a result. And you know, we've just got to be a little bit more clinical in that final third. Like I said before, with the Arsenal game, um, but we've proven on so many occasions that we can we can do it, and we've got the players to do it, we've got the quality to do it. Uh, and if Bowen plays the exact same way as he did in the first leg. I'm convinced he'll get two goals because he was yeah. very, very good. Oh no, he was he was brilliant. I thought he was brilliant. He was, getting it, he was getting in the right areas. Yeah, um, it just wasn't his day. He's at the post. He's at the woodwork twice. It wasn't his day. Mm. Play, you know, teams and players and strikers have those days where it just doesn't fall for you. Uh, and I felt like that was us. Um, yeah, I'm I'm nervous as I said right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I'm I really feel I I, I really feel like we can do it. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. No, totally, mate. And I must admit, like looking back to that game, um, we obviously spoke to Basti before and he mentioned some of their their big players, Philip Kostic, uh, supposedly sort of their their star man, if you like. Um, but I thought, like you said, out wide, I thought they were brilliant. Um, the, the goal scorer, Daichi Kamada, uh, yeah. the Japanese guy. I mean, I've, I've mentioned it before on here that um, me and dad went to their game at Real Betis before the Sevilla away game and he was brilliant then um sal in the middle uh jabril sal the number eight um swiss guy really really composed looked like a proper classy footballer kostic was okay um i thought but they just generally did look dangerous in wide positions didn't they we we've obviously you know got our out wide our fullbacks have been some of our best performers this season uh be it kufal johnson or cresswell or whatever um, and I, I honestly think that was sort of the biggest test I've seen them had. And that clearly was where their their strengths lay. But the one thing, you know, again, a lot of criticism levelled at, at West Ham. 
that early goal for them enabled them to just sit back and soak up a lot more, didn't it? And sort of play on the counter-attack, which is obviously how West Ham like to play more often. So it did make them look more dangerous because we had lots of the ball and we were, you know, piling forward, trying to chase that goal after that early, um, but after the early setback, obviously. We did actually have more. We have 54% possession for the whole game. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, which is obviously, it's rare that West Ham have most of the ball, isn't it? Um, yeah, and honestly, mate, I just think that, that that early goal changed the whole dynamic of the evening, both on and off the pitch. And I think to come out of that, just a goal in it after that really, really early setback. And on the whole, if you look at how the game went, I would argue slightly that we easily, no, no one would have complained if we'd have come out of that with a win. If two of those three that hit the woodwork that didn't go in, Bowen's one where the keeper, that's obviously a great save from the keeper, I guess, making himself big enough to just get something on it. Um, the one where it just nicks his fist, that goes in. No one begrudges that or says, ah, oh, you know, I just think it's yeah. just the result did not match the performance, I didn't think. I think, yeah, you're right. I think the, the, the goal inside the first minute, it, it ruins our game plan straight away. Mm. You know, for a first leg of any tie, uh, barring Man City, Real Madrid, which was just mayhem the other day. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but the first leg of any tie, both sides, it, it's always, it's re- almost always going to be a, a cagey affair. Neither side mm. wants to lose it. Um, our game plan would have been, you know, we're the home team. You know, let's dominate position. Yeah. Um, you know, get them on the ropes and then and, and then try and nick goals in, in important uh, important times. Basically, what we ended up doing the rest of the game, wasn't but it? We en- but, but we ended up doing that for the rest of the game, but in, in a more panicked manner. Hmm. You know, we, we were yeah, far, true. We were in the far, under far more pressure to get that get our get our goal. And we got we were it. Only one move down. We got yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but it just it, it puts you under a lot more pressure, and then obviously uh, uh, even after you got back in the game, you know the mentality is that okay, well they've done us in the first minute of the first half. We mm. know they're dangerous on the attack because we've seen them on the counter attack when we've been pressing them, um, you know. And then they do us again, and then you, you, you're panicking to get back in it at two one. Mm. Whereas we we would normally have been a little bit more relaxed and composed on the ball, and um, you know, I, I just I think it just added an element of pressure. And panic, and, yeah. and panic to to the way to to our approach and our build-up mm. play, which probably counted against us in the end. Um, but I, I thought, given their threat going forward on the counter, I thought we handled it pretty well, all things considered. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think we 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 probably deserve to come away with a draw. And uh, as you said, at least if we'd have yeah. won it. If we'd have won it, I don't think Frankfurt could have complained. No. So no, yeah, it was it was a very very tight game. Um, between two very, very good teams, I think. I actually thought it was a really entertaining occasion, to be quite yeah. honest, as well. You know, I yeah. thought the, um, the the Frankfurt fans, I thought, really added something to it. I don't know about those flag things they were waving about. How weird was that, where they, they do the top tier and then they'd start and then the bottom tier would go. Yeah. And then, and then they'd stop. And then, but it was always so in sync. And I was like, how are they doing that? Well, you know what? And again, I don't want to keep harking back to it. They did at Seville, or sorry, at Real Betis. We were really impressed by that. But they did because they were all in one tier then. They like drew a line down the middle of the fans and they were doing half each doing that. Absolutely right. amazing. So like half of them would sit down and then the other lot would be going, ole, 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 or whatever the tune was that they were singing. 
And then when they'd finish, I tracked. They'd sit down. The other lot would stand up. And it was literally like they'd done it either side of one of the aisles in the stadium. But yeah, I mean, it was that was pretty. That is pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's cool, but same time, not so much. But how how are they doing it in such like perfect timing? It was like like five seconds top tier, then they'd sit down and straight away the other lot would go. And yeah. it's like, I mean, how are they yeah, doing that without being just slightly out of sync? Like it was perfect every time. And I thought that's too choreographed. Uh, but that's like if you if you start like if you're in an away end or whatever at West Ham and you start, come on and shake it on baby now. You only need the cue off of one person and the whole person knows yeah, what that's everyone, yeah, but everyone knows the lyrics and everyone knows the song. But to be able to all stand there, particularly when you're when you're in the in the front and mm. in the in the upper tier. Uh, yeah. Lower tier, sorry. You, you can't see who's behind you. I mean, you can hear. It's, it's what so, they're singing, isn't it? No, nah, I'm not having it. I'm not having what it. What do you I mean you're like, not having it? I was like, this is way too choreographed for me. <laughs> All they do is they go a little, little, I'm tracked. And then as soon as they go, I'm tracked, they sit down. And then the other lot, that's their cue, isn't it? It's oh, like, an, it was an obvious Maybe. Tune. Maybe, yeah, it's but absolutely baffling me that this is confusing you. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this is, I mean, to be fair, at the time I'd had about 10 beers, so I was just like, this is, this is ridiculous. My what, are they, what are they doing? <laughs> How on earth are they doing that? <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous. But they, they, were, they were a good bunch of fans, I thought they created yeah. a good atmosphere. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was good. You're down that end, so you could probably sort of hear them a bit, um, a bit more, I thought, but yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the flags thing, I sort of, I don't know, I'm from being a bit of a snob here, um, but I don't know if that added to it or not. I sort of would liked it and was a bit impressed. But then after a while, I was like, all right, you're waving coloured bin bags in the air. Like, you know, the, the sort of, and then it was like a few of them had got bored. So it was just like patches of them. Like, because of where I sit, basically the opposite corner, so you could see right into it. So you could see where patches of people were like, my arm hurts. I can't be bothered with this anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, overall, I mean, so much. Well, they're the best away fans we've had in the Europa League like yeah. this season, haven't we, by far? So, um, yeah, fair play. Looking forward to catching up with with Basti tomorrow in, in Frankfurt to get his thoughts on it. Talk to him about that. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed the two and a half, three thousand. I think it's 2,450 or something. Um tickets in the away end tomorrow i know there'll be a few i already know there's a few um west ham fans dotted around in sort of the neutral zones or the the hospitality areas and whatever so uh yeah i reckon about three thousand ish just a bit north of three thousand west ham in the ground thursday night fingers crossed uh, i mean that we know guaranteed with west ham there'll be no waving anything about will there no, no. no scarves up in the air or whatever just, no, we'll, um, just we'll just get in there whack our flags flags on the on the side pin them yeah. up yeah and then sing our hearts out for 90 minutes exactly yeah yeah fingers crossed we can uh create a decent atmosphere but yeah no, i pr- proper enjoyed it mate and uh, you know obviously shame about the result but um great occasion nice to get a goal um, and yeah, Ty still well and truly on. So uh, yeah, enjoyed that. Great to have a, a, a European semi-final at London Stadium. Um, on a will remember forever, no doubt, regardless uh, of the result. And uh, yeah, just absolutely mouth-watering. Sets it up uh, nicely for Thursday. And I've got every faith, especially after that performance last week, that David Moyes and his boys can come up with the goods. Stay with us because we'll look ahead with, we'll first start with the Betway charity bets, then we'll have the Norwich opposition view, 
ahead of that Premier League game on Sunday. Then we'll have West Ham women. Then we'll say goodbye for another week. And the Eintracht Frankfurt opposition view will come tomorrow. Betway Charity Bets next. Jonesy, no winners this week, unfortunately. I'm not actually certain either. Hopefully you can enlighten me um, as to how close we were. Um, It's shaping up to look like we're not quite going to hit our target from last season, which is a shame. Mm. Uh, We've got the Norwich City away game, then Man City and then Brighton away are our three remaining Premier League games. We've got three shots. That's nine bets between me, you and Reese Bayliss to try and earn a last few quid for our charities. Uh, Talk me through how close we all were or not so much uh, for that Arsenal game. Well, I think I, I weirdly I came closest. Uh, I had over two and a half. That uh, is weird. Both teams to score, and uh, Boomer almost had two or more shots on target, and he had one shot on target. Um, and he, had, he actually had two shots: one shot on target, and then one shot blocked. So right. um, ever so close on that one. You had a penalty to be awarded over three and a half, and a goal to be scored in each half. Um, only got one out of the three there. Hmm. And Reese had over two and a half goals. Sutek to have two or more shots on target. Obviously, that ridiculous. Um, yeah, just I mean, Fantastic. even if he started, he would have been miles off probably. And Arsenal to have over nine and a half corners. I think they had six corners or seven corners, so that didn't come in either. Right. Um, so I was closest. Mm. Well, did you actually? Sorry, so yours was over two and a half, yeah, which obviously came beats yes. And but so what happened with the Ben Rama thing? Did he have one? He had one. He had two shots. Yeah, but only one of them was on target. The other was blocked. Oh right. So I know I had him to have two or more shots on target. So was it blocked, blocked going towards the goal or? Uh, yeah, I, I presume so. Yeah, mate, should have should have gone to chat about it. No, nah, no. Nah, see, I'm it's not started. like you, mate. Not like you. Well, yeah, we've been through this before, mate. It's all for I'm, charity. I'm an honest man. I'm it's an honest personal man. Personal money, is it? I'm an honest um, man. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, three chances, mate. You you've raised nothing this season. Uh, <laughs> we're in the th- well, it's the third of May, Josie. We started doing this in August, for goodness' sake. You've had thirty-five attempts <laughs> with some money. <laughs> you haven't won a single one. Come on, man. Three games left. Uh, what have you gone for then? Oh, just a reminder. Sorry, what we're doing this for, of course. If you're new listeners to the podcast, um. Did have a little bit of a spike last week. Um, probably a few Germans in there, it's fair to say. I think the Eintracht Frankfurt fans getting involved. Um, but yeah, if you're new to the podcast, just a reminder that each and every week, Betway supply me, James and Reese Bayliss, a £50 charity stake each to put on a three-legged bet your way. Uh, bet for each and every one of West Ham's Premier League games. Uh, I'm raising money for the Bobby Moore Fund, James for the DT38 Dylan Tombides Foundation. Uh, Reese was uh, has been raising money for Isla's fight, um, and that money is going to go. Um, we we'll speak to the Caton family at the end of the season, tell us where they want that money to go. Um, so, yeah, so far this season, Jonesy, I think we're on about... Uh, can you tell me actually what Ron uh, eight and a half thousand quid, which is is going pretty well so far? Jonesy isn't having the greatest of seasons, having not won a penny third uh, no. of May. Um, but me and Reese Bayliss have come up with the goods. It's been a little bit of a dry spell, 
but we're hoping at least one, one of nine, Jonesy. That's nine bets in the three remaining Prem games this season. I reckon uh, I reckon we've got one in us. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. So I'm just going to go through what I've gone for this week for the Norwich City game. On Sunday, I've gone for West Ham United to win more than 3.5 goals in the game and Jared Bowen to score any time. That's away at Norwich on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Reese Bayliss has gone for both teams score Norwich to have more than 6.5 corners and Mark Noble any time. <laughs> Goodness me. Um, and Jonesy, what have you gone for? I've gone uh, literally... Just so I can get a win, the easiest possible bet I can think of. I mean, the odds are probably yeah. going to be against, but West Ham win over two and a half goals and over four and a half West Ham corners. Mate, you know what? No judgment from me on that. If it's if, even if it's drawn. evens, just just give me hundred quid for the yeah. BT Thirty Eight Foundation. No, exactly, mate. Yeah, and Betway, of course, are matching any winnings. Um, at the end of the season, which is uh, which is great stuff indeed. So, Jonesy, run me through what we've won at the moment um, without the uh, Betway matching it and then what we've got in the pot for the charity in total with that uh, extra contribution. So, as I make it out, um, I'm pretty sure we've got three, about 4,000, just, just under 4,500 pounds before Betway. Double it. Mm-hmm. So that's around around nine grand. I haven't got an exact figure, um, but yeah, because I'm pretty sure what the the one I'm looking at it's a week behind a previous win. So I'm kind of adding on that previous win in my head. So it's around about nine grand though. Excellent stuff, mate. Excellent stuff. Uh, just a reminder that you can back all of these bets for real, if you so wish, on the Betway website and app. Just go to the game in question, which this week is West Ham's trip to Norwich on Sunday. Go to pre-built bets, scroll down there, and you'll find the We Are West Ham podcast bets. Mine will have my name against it. James is against his and Reese is against his. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, you can go over there. Back him yourself if you so wish. Decent haul so far this season, Jonesy. We've got over the £20,000 raised for charity mark in two seasons. And I, for one, am pretty proud of that. So, fingers crossed we can get a few more quid in between now and the end of the season. Stay with us because we'll have a Norwich opposition view. Next up, from Talk Sports, very own Jake Watson, friend of the show and very knowledgeable about all things Canaries after his time spent living and working in East Anglia. Stay with us because that is next. So I'm delighted to say that joining us to look ahead to that Premier League game at Carrow Road on Sunday afternoon is our friend, friend of the show, friend of ours, Talk Sports' very own Jake Watson. Jake, uh, I know you are a Leicester fan, but <laughs> big Norwich links. used to live and work out in East Anglia, I believe, for local television. Is that right? Big Norwich reporter. Still keep your eye on all things Canaries, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, no, but we must stress for, for any Norwich fans watching this, if, if I upset you with anything I say, um, sorry, kind yeah. of. But no, yeah, so look, obviously born in, born in Leicester, Leicester fan. Um, but lived in Norwich for about 20 years and, and worked there professionally covering Norwich for, for many of those years. So, yeah, he's a football club that I, I still hold very dear to me and, and, and follow very, very closely. So hopefully I can give you some kind of insight um, for your game this weekend. 
Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Well, look, um, a bit contrasting times for the two clubs. A similar Jonesy pointed out earlier in the podcast that I think two years ago it was West Ham needed to go to Norwich to secure our own Premier League status um, and with a win could have relegated them. Michael Antonio put four uh, in the back of the Norwich net and that's exactly what happened. West Ham stayed up, Norwich went down. This time around was threatening to be a similar situation as far as Norwich goes. West Ham's Premier League status fortunately secured um, as we're, uh, we're actually battling it out with the big to medium boys in the right end of the league for a, for a nice pleasant change. Norwich though, already down, relegated after a 2-0 defeat against Aston Villa uh, last time out. Honestly, I, I don't know how you find it, but I get the sense this year there was a lot of criticism aimed at, levelled at Norwich, particularly Daniel Farker, but just the way the club go about it and how the business model seems to be mm. just based on the fact that they're almost in that league that's they're like championship and a half yeah and yeah more than happy to just bounce up and down get the parachute payments go back in not spend any of their particularly money almost people just criticize them for not even trying mm. uh, i get the impression this season that fans are a bit like yeah they're, yeah. they're a bit less like endeared towards Norwich. What, what what do you find and sort of the fans that you know and hear from? What, what's the sense? Yeah, no, no. Will some of that correct, but but also some of it wrong. Um, they have always been pretty happy with the way that the club has, has been run in terms of a, of a model. Um, it is right. a sustainable one. It wasn't too long ago. Um, it was the Chris Hutton era when they got relegated. Um, they overspent that year and they then found themselves in financial trouble and you know I think about 20 years ago as well they were they were in financial administration so the club are very very conscious of basically of, of, of living beyond their means uh, mm. Delia Smith and, and Michael Wynne-Jones the, the owners of the football club in terms of value they are the poorest owners in the Premier League I think they've got value of about 35 million pounds and I think mm. now I think about 80 to 85 percent of the Premier League are owned by billionaires so yeah, in yeah. that sense they recognize they can't compete but to say um, they're happy just to go up and down isn't isn't quite correct um this year they did actually spend and invest and i think that is one of the main reasons why this time around they are so frustrated because unfortunately they just invested really really badly um right. so they sold emmy buendir in, in the summer for about 38 million pounds and on the on the face of it that looks like a move which lacks ambition. But again, the reality is Norwich City as a football club couldn't really afford to turn down nearly £40 million for a player. And for, for Emi Buendir, he was earning, I think, around £25,000 a week. He's on, I think, between 80 and 90 grand a week at their Aston Villa. So Norwich couldn't say no to it and neither could the player. Um, yeah. And now they did just pocket that money. They spent it. And I think they spent upwards 50 to 60 million pounds the problem is that, that lots of those deals were, were loans with you to permanency you can't quite work out exactly how much they did spend but by a country mile the most they have ever spent in a in a transfer window hmm. the problem was in a nutshell guys was that they had a horrible start to the season where in their first five games they played pretty much all of the big boys so everyone's hmm. looking at that thinking well Norwich are going to have a dreadful start here everyone recognized that to be the case and they did um <laughs> they comprehensively got beaten in all of them but what Daniel Farker then did was he pressed the panic button and thought, we need to, to shore up our defence here because otherwise we're going to lose every week. So what he did is he went and changed the formation. Ordinarily, they played a 4-3-3 and then went to a 3-5-2. The problem with that, Will, um, was that they'd spent most of their money in the summer on wingers. And then suddenly they weren't playing a formation 
which played wingers. So they've got mm. all these players that they spent money on who then can't even get into the team. The defenders that are then shoehorning into the side aren't Premier League quality. So um, they can't defend, they can't score enough goals and the money they spent, they sat there on the bench. So um, in a nutshell, from a, from a managerial and, and sporting director point of view, it's been a disaster. So you mentioned sporting director there. That was going to lead nice into my next question in, in terms of Stuart Webber. Mm. Um, he arrived at Norwich on the back of an impressive spell at Huddersfield. Everyone was quite surprised that he'd, he'd, he'd gone to Norwich because of the job he was doing at Huddersfield and they were about to stay in the, in the Premier League at the time. Um, he's still there and seemingly hasn't had the impact um, looking from the outside in that I think many people kind of expected him to have. Because he's quite mm. outspoken as well, isn't he? Um, yeah, and he just hasn't really delivered. You say outspoken, it's quite interesting, actually, because today um, I've just been reading he's now declining to do any local press um, because he is now feeling the heat. Um, and after the game, the other... Never a good move, that, is it? Huh? Never a good move, that. That's when you know something's no. wrong, isn't it? Which, which, is, which is strange because Stuart has actually always been incredibly approachable. And when he first moved um, to the club, one of the big problems at the football club at the time was that um, in terms of work with the community and, and, and with local media and with podcasters, I mean, obviously I was working with the local media. If you wanted anything from the football club, it was so hard, so hard. And they, they, they failed to recognise that actually there is value in, in having a mm. good relationship with the local press. Now, Stuart Webber came in and, and tried to change all of that. You know, he's a very modern thinking, forward thinking man. And he has done lots and lots of, of good work. Um, when he first moved into the into the football club, the wage bill was far, far too high. He got rid of all of that and he implemented a similar model to what they had at Huddersfield. Where I think the, the max wage for a player at Huddersfield and at Norwich was around £15,000 a week. And the rest of it was, was done on bonuses. So basically, they'll go buy cheap abroad. They've got an opportunity to prove themselves in the championship. And if they're successful, they'll then be rewarded for that. And by and large, that has worked for Stuart Webber. But again, you know, going back to my original point, unfortunately, the investments this time around haven't worked. And for the first time, Stuart Webber is facing a lot of criticism from the from the from the fans. I mean, say after the Aston Villa game, there were I wouldn't say huge protests, but there was a a, a crowd outside uh, waiting um, and Stuart Webber came out to kind of confront them and that there were chants. And uh, yeah, it, it's the first time you're kind of questioning whether Stuart Webber is going to stay at club or, or, or wants to stay at the club. Um, yeah. But it, but it is an interesting one because over the course of his time at the club, he has done lots of good. And, and, and again, yeah, from, yeah. from the outside as a son who isn't a Norwich fan, I think he's a very, very safe pair of hands. And, um, you know, the, the transfers didn't work and also probably held on to Daniel Farker for just a little bit too long. But yeah. but other than that, I think he, he's a very, very safe pair of hands. And I think he's a good guy. Mm. On the Daniel Farker stuff then, because uh, it did feel like it did feel like that, like mm. the, it was done. A, if you were going to do it, do it earlier. Or if, uh, yeah, I'd, like, it sort of made sense, I guess, to get rid of him in the end. But the Dean Smith impact, what? Uh, well, or lack of, I guess. Mm. It sort of it seemed like oh, I'm really impressed. I thought that's an excellent appointment. Thought he'd done a sterling job at Aston Villa. Um, were you surprised at the that nothing really, ch- as far as results go, nothing really changed? Mm. Uh, I mean, or it the, certainly the, wasn't enough. Or yeah, it wasn't enough yeah. to make there, any there, real there dent on the. And, and a little bit, which made people think potentially that that Dean Smith was going to make an impact. But this was done before January, and then they didn't spend a penny in January, you know, mm. and you would have thought that 
the the thought process behind sacking Daniel Farker before January was to allow a new manager to assess the squad and then bring in some of his own players to give them a shot in the arm to give them the best chance of survival. But it came then round to January and, and there hadn't been too much of an improvement in results. And then Stuart Webber and D- Dean Smith came out and said, sorry, we've not got a penny to spend. And for, for fans, that just doesn't really wash. Now, even if it was mm. just a loan signing or just, just try and do something. But it just felt then at that point that they had resigned themselves to, to relegation in January when they were yeah, yeah. by no means out of... Um, you know, completely cut adrift. It was a very, very strange decision, I think, in in that sense. But on Dean Smith, I mean, I suppose there's there's mixed views on him. I think he's a solid manager. I think he's a very, very good guy. Everyone's got a lot of respect for him. Nobody dislikes him. And I think in in ways he was a little bit harshly sacked by by Aston Villa because I don't think that Steven Gerrard's much of an upgrade and what Dean Smith is. Um, but he is very different to what. Norwich City have, have ordinarily done and, and again I kind of go back to, to Stuart Webber and his his model and his identity and his way of working he's got a very very clear way of working again you go back to Huddersfield he'll shop abroad he'll find a young and up-and-coming coach who plays a certain style of football and then that person has the scouting networks to go and find those players abroad that's what he did with David Wagner that's what he done with Daniel Farker and it's a tried and tested method so when Daniel Farker was sacked they were linked with the the, the manager who's a Bodo Glimt um, who's kind of incredibly highly rated and, and a couple of other similar managers they apparently looked at Frank Lampard as well again a young manager who's got experience of working with younger players and then at the last moment they changed all together and, and, and went for Dean Smith and yes Dean Smith's a good manager but it goes completely against the entire identity of, of how the football club has, has previously been run now like if, if Stuart Webb wants to change that altogether then, then fair enough but to me it found a, it felt a, a slightly strange appointment for me They'll come up with him again next year. Sorry to interrupt, Jonesy. They'll come up with him, though, next year, won't they? They'll certainly be one of the favourites. Of course they will. They'll, yeah, they'll... I, I would be, I'd be in no way surprised. They've got decisions to make, though, guys, because they've got this, the same group of players or a similar group of players now for the last few seasons who have done that, where they've gone up and gone down. And, you know, there, there does become a point where those players either need to be moved on because because things need to be to, to be freshened up because you've got a group of players there that you know is too good for the championship or, or, or certainly can get you promotion from the championship. But by the same token, you know they're not good enough for the Premier League. So at some point, they're going to have to buy players with a view to being a Premier League side because at the mm-hmm. moment, what we would see is, yes, they'd probably get promoted next season, but they'd just find themselves in the exact same position next season because we know already the group of players aren't good enough. So for me, I think it's a, it's a pivotal summer for them. I think they need to do a big clear out and go out and, and find some new fresh blood because it feels just it's gone a little bit stale and, and there's a real lack of characters within that side. On that, in terms of a rebuild, um, I mean, it, it, I always felt like the, the Dean Smith appointment was with the view of okay, we're going to go down, but he's the right man available mm. that can bring us straight back up again. But the level of investment involved in the, the level of rebuild that Norwich need, like you just mentioned, um, is if for one summer window, seems like it, it's, it's out of reach for, for Norwich in terms of just what they're financially able to do. And mm. it, like, it. <laughs> You look at some of their players, like Grant Hanley's been there for a long time. He was there the last time we were in the Premier League. Um, not Premier League quality. Um, Pookie's getting on a bit. Um, there's players there that, you, that Norwich can sell, but it just feels like there has to be a time when the the, the model of going coming up, mm. going down, coming up, going down, falls apart. Yeah. And the way I see it is that the, because of the level of rebuild, like you mentioned, this summer could be the make or break for that model. 
Yeah, two, and, and two that's three. that's why that's why I think this summer is is so strange because because James, if you look back at, at previous years, what Norwich have actually done pretty well is is selling on players for for big money. You know, Emi Buendia yeah. went for thirty eight million pounds. Ben Godfrey went for thirty mm. plus million pounds. There was Jamal Lewis, and there's and there's been others as well, but. You're looking at that squad now, and I don't really see any sellable assets. I don't see anybody who's going to fetch £20 million upwards. So if you're mm. going to do a rebuild, you're going to have to spend some money. We already know they've not got a surplus amount of cash, so they'd have to raise those funds. And I don't see anything. I probably see Max Ahrens as someone who will attract interest, but I think you're looking at the very, very most at £20 million. Um, there was a complete disaster with, with Todd Cantwell. In my opinion, Todd... Um, after Emi Buendia was their best player. He'd already proven himself in the Premier League as a, as a player who was good enough. But there was fallouts with both Daniel Farker and then Dean Smith. He's now at Bournemouth and he's only got a year left on his contract. So he'll go for a, for a nominal fee in the summer. But, but James, if they'd sold him 12 months ago after that season in the Premier League when they first went down, he was their top goal scorer. Mm. They could have got somewhere between 20 and £30 million. Pounds, but by bad management of, of a situation they're now going to get next to nothing for him. So that's why I think this this summer is is so pivotal because I don't really see who they're going to sell. I don't see any Premier League clubs coming in for their for their players. Um, and and we say we, they've not got huge amounts of cash. So it, 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 as I said, it, it's a massive, massive window. And I think there's going to be huge, huge changes at the club. And if I'm not completely honest, I'm not quite sure how they're going to go about it. Yeah, and you, you look at the players that they brought in last summer, um, Rashika, was yeah. was a was a big signing, um, Sergeant as well. It, it although they're not sort of huge huge names, Rashika was being linked with other Premier League clubs, bigger Premier League clubs than than Norwich. Mm. Um, those those two players that I just mentioned, they're not going to play in the Championship, so surely they're going to have to be sold on for a, a, a loss. A, a pretty significant loss in order just to make way for, for players that will be up for playing for Norwich in the Championship. Yeah, I think the, the most likely scenario of both those players is that they head back to the Bundesliga on some kind of loan deal um, with a view to a yeah. permanent and then potentially if Norwich were to bounce straight back, they, they could then return to the football club. I think Rosicka's actually been a, a fairly decent signing. Um, you know, there was a lot of hopes on him. As, as I mentioned at the beginning of the chat, he, he's a winger. He's an out-and-out winger and then they changed the formation. He's been having to play wing-back at times. It's just mm. not his player. I mean, why would you sign these players while you spend all this budget on these players and then change the formation to then not utilise them in, in, in any shape or form? Josh Sargent, I mean, if I'm brutally honest, he's just a million miles away from being good enough for the Premier League. He'll run mm. around all day plenty of endeavour, but just not the the necessary quality, just a million miles from it. Um, he did a decent uh, at Werder Bremen, that's where they signed him from, and I'm sure a club at, towards the bottom end of the Bundesliga would probably take him on loan, because he's still quite young. Um, so, so, yeah, no one in the Premier League is going to buy them. I suspect the wages are too high for them to, to stay on at, at Norwich, so um, yeah, I, I can envisage for both of them a, a loan back to the Bundesliga for, for 12 months. And what about this Sunday then, Jake? Um, I mean, there's that, that cliche that once teams are relegated, uh, the pressure's off and they start playing. Um, do, do you see that with, with Norwich on Sunday? I mean, we could do without that being the case because we need the points to finish in the top seven. But uh, do you see Norwich start performing again now they've been relegated and the pressure's off? In a word, no. Um, <laughs> it's 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 tailed off quite badly. No, no, but it has. Do you know what I mean? And, and and you look at reasons to why you think maybe there might be a performance. You know, you think 
are, are they playing for their futures? Is there potentially a new manager coming in? Is there going to be, you know, some kind of huge change? I don't see where it's going to come from. I don't. The players know that they're going down. They know the manager's going to be the same person. Um, there's so much question marks over the future of, of, of so many of those players. I, I can't see where a reaction would come from. And even if there is a reaction, um, they shouldn't be then good enough to, to beat West Ham just because of obviously the, what it means for you guys. It's, it, it's so significant. I suppose the, the, the only thing I would say is, is similarly to, to, to Leicester, you've got a European game on, on, on Thursday night. So, so what, does, what does David Moyes pick in, in terms of an 11? Now, if you were to get knocked out, then you'd imagine you'll go full strength on Sunday, which should get you the three points. But, but if you are to go through, you're probably looking at thinking, well, we probably need to rest some players and protect some players for a European Cup final. So I think that this one, in, in terms of the result, probably rests more on, on what happens on Thursday and, and what team West Ham put out, as opposed to Norwich, because we already know what's happened with Norwich. And, uh, you know, it's quite abundantly clear that they're not good enough. Mm. Jake, um, we really appreciate you coming on and giving us your thoughts on all things Norwich. Just give us a quick score prediction then for the game Sunday, first of all. I think a fairly routine, um, straightforward West Ham win. Um, I would say 2-0, maybe even 3. Maybe even 3. OK, we'll take that, we'll take that. Jonesy? Um, I'm confident, even with a, a, a half-rested squad, if we do make the final, uh, I'd oh. still, I'm still confident that we can go there and, and get a result. Um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say two 0 Yeah, all right, two 0 uh, Well, I'll just, I still reckon we're always going to concede. So I'll go two one. <laughs> uh, Jake, what, one thing I do want to ask you, I appreciate this is the Norwich view, but I don't think any fans listening will will mind too much if I ask you these questions about your your obviously a Leicester support as you've established mm. already. We know that we've had you on for the Leicester opposition view plenty of times before. Uh, me and Jonesy were discussing earlier on and have done over the last couple of weeks about the merits of the Conference League. And I'm sort of saying, I don't really care about the Premier League. Let's just battle for the Europa League. If we finish eighth, so be it. Um, but you, just like Jonesy and I and uh, and plenty of our listeners, um, love Leicester as much as we love West Ham. And you've been all over the place with them this season. Correct me if I'm wrong and add any others, but you've been to Rennes, you've been to Napoli, you're going to Rome, your flight's in the morning. Um, we might bump into each other at the airport actually mate But uh, and you'll obviously be jetting off to the final in Albania if you get there <laughs> with Leicester what's the Conference League been like it's the first season you've done pretty well in it mm. um, is it as exciting as Europa League is there a difference does it feel just as good or bad mm. or just, just what, what's the journey been like for you this season because obviously perhaps it's fair to say slightly overshadowed by West Ham, but the old fact is hmm. you're, you've done very well in it and, and you could shape up to be in a final of your own. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to start comparing it to, to other competitions. Um, you know, and, and I spoke to you, Will, the other week and I was, and I was saying what a remarkable and incredible achievement it's been for, for West Ham. Um, and frankly, I don't think being spoken about enough. Um, I think it's been superb. And um, what I think has been so great about the Europa League this season in West Ham is the fact that you value the competition. You want to mm. be there. You want to win it. And Hugely. the same can be said for, for the Europa Conference League. The biggest mistake that they made, UEFA, is, is by including the word conference. Because if you were to take that word out and replace it with any other word, um, yeah. the, the, the competition would have more prestige. Because here in England, you say the word conference and you associate it with non-league football. Um, mm. When actually the reality is, is that it couldn't be further away from the truth. You look at the quality of that semi-final lineup of Leicester, Roma, Feyenoord, Marseille. There's been Galatasaray, PSV. There's been mm. some absolutely huge clubs of, of huge historical heritage in that competition far bigger 
than what clubs like Leicester have. You know, mm. I'm, a, I'm a 32 year old man and, you know, we, we had our Champions League run and, and the Premier League win, which was obviously remarkable. But other than that, we don't have any European history at all. Right? You can't so turn this, your nose up at it, can you? No, this is all exactly. new to us. You know, we've, never, we've never played these clubs before and it is quite likely we'll never play them again. So we're there for the ride. And, you know, as I said, you know, a, a cup competition is only as valuable as, as, as the teams in it. Um, how much they value it. And and if you look at every ground that I've been to and every game that I've been to in Eindhoven, um, in Rennes, um, in Roma, it's it's a sold out 70,000 Stadio Olimpico. You know, the clubs mm. around Europe love this competition because they value European football no matter what level as the pinnacle. You know, we were speaking to, to Eindhoven fans after we, after we knocked them out and they were playing the Dutch Cup final on, on the Sunday against Ajax. And they were saying that they wanted to win this comp- competition more than that cup final. And, mm. and and I just think it's such a, a shame because next season, it's, it's probably likely that, that Man United will be in the Europa Conference League and they won't mm. want to be there. So suddenly that completely devalues the cup competition and mm. everyone's then going to be talking about what a rubbish, pointless thing it is. Yeah, but actually, yeah, yeah. Just because like Man Leicester, United don't like it, yeah. Yeah, but for teams like Leicester, we, we recognise it's the third tier of European Cup competition. And trust me, we're absolutely fine with that. We're just happy to be there. And and if we were to win this this cup competition, I honestly think it would it would rank in the top five um, achievements in in this club's history. So you know we're dead excited for it. Um, we're aware of the noise and some of the snobbery around you know what other people have said. But trust me when I say we couldn't care less. We've had the the best time. We're absolutely loving it. And as you said, I'm going to be in the Stadio Olimpico watching Leicester play Roma in a European Cup semi-final. And that's just just so, so surreal for me. And um, yeah, I hope that you guys go all the way and win it. I hope that we go all the way and win it. And um, just show that the big six and everyone else, that there is value outside of the Champions League. And it's not the be-all and end-all of everything. There Mm. are other teams other than the big six. And, and I just wish other people would recognise that and embrace it because um, you look at the quality of those games, it's absolutely brilliant. And, and if you're a football purist, um, like we kind of all should be, then then those games just, are, they're absolutely brilliant. And I, I can't recommend it enough. I've, I've had the best time. I'm really not enjoying the smug look on James Jones's face because I've effectively saying, yeah, tongue in cheek a bit to be fair, but very much, well, Europa League now. Domestic football's beneath us. The Europa Conference League's beneath us. Pre-football snobbery come to the fore after one <laughs> season of uh, of European success. But yeah, when you put it like that, Jake, it's hard to argue with, really. Um, particularly if you know if we did get in it this season. Uh, I think it's probably the unattractive nature of the group stages. But of course, you didn't have that, did you? Because you were yeah, in the Europa League. Uh, and then dropped into it that way. I think Tottenham's group stage games against NS Mura et al. were the ones yes. that were putting me up for my... <laughs> Jake, fair. one thing before I let you go. Um, just, you came along with me last week. Supposed to mention this on the podcast last week. You came along with me, uh, thanks to the guys at Betway, for a play like a Premier League day at West Ham's Chadwell Heath, uh, the academy training Ground a couple of weeks ago, a very enjoyable day indeed. Um, I thought a reasonable performance from the pair of us, mate. Mm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder what contact details they had for me because no one's been in touch with any offer of, of any kind of contracts. I mean, particularly <laughs> with your, your shortage of central defenders at the moment, I would have thought a short-term <laughs> deal to the end of the season. I probably did enough on the day, do you not think, to impress? <laughs> Absolutely, mate. I think you're, I think where you uh, 
um, where you fell apart. So just for everyone listening at home, yeah, the guys at Betway invited us along. Um, and I did invite Jonesy, uh, but, you know, the I think the prospect of um, after your London Stadium debacle, mate, with the, uh, the, the ankle de- injury. Debacle. What, the goal, yeah. you mean, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah the goal. scoring at the London Stadium bit, obviously didn't want to mention, but the, uh, yeah, being cropped in front of and Tony Cotty having to help you off the pitch <laughs> for simultaneously highest and lowest moments of your football playing career. Uh, that was there for So Jake, uh, come along for me. Amazing day. We got there, all kitted up in West Ham gear, coaching sessions with the academy coaches. Um, just sort of, as it says on the tin, really, living life like a Premier League player for the day. Um, few drills and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, all all great day um, overall. Jake, was there anything sort of about it that stood out to you or that you were surprised by or anything like that? And I don't just mean my um, outstanding footballing abilities. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other than the obvious, so, so thanks for, for, for bringing that up. Um, no, look, it was, it was a really good day. It really was. And, you know, you don't have to be a, a supporter of, of any football club to, to go to a training place. It's like, you know, I'm one of those people that, that just love football stadiums. It doesn't matter who they are. I just yeah. love being in and around it. There's, there's, there's nothing quite like it. And, and going along to, to a training ground, I've never been fortunate enough to, to go along to Leicester's. So I can only imagine what it was like for you to be there just to be in and around you know the club knowing you know what players go there and 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 the training and and, and the quality of the pitches and and just to listen to the coaches it is a completely different world you know we've all played football probably to, to some kind of standard and, and probably think we're all right but but mm. when you turn up and, and you listen to the coaches and think that this is these kids lives they do this every single day and they're all desperately trying to to become a, a premier league footballer and they've got the the, the list of all the, the players who have um, graduated from the academy up on that on that board and you, and you realize that that whilst you know some do make it i mean we do know this anyway but the numbers are so so small and uh mm. you know when you're walking around at the gym and seeing the 16 year olds and the 17 year olds and um that was amazing wasn't it yeah, yeah no it is and, and, and you know it's it's such a i don't know it's just it, it does make you feel so many kind of emotions because you know how much that everyone would dream of being a professional footballer and knowing just how talented these guys are, but also the, the stark reality, the fact that such a, 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 a few small number w- will make it through is, um, you know, it, it's always food for thought, isn't it? But in terms of the training session with the coaches, had loads of fun. Were the kids, were they from Crawley? The, the guys were playing yeah, from, they crawled, the, they from the academy there. So it was a group of 18. Yeah, 17, 18 year olds playing for Crawley. So we were, we were playing football games against them. And yeah, an absolutely brilliant day. I did. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's great. I think one thing you mentioned there, um, we touched it briefly before, but the uh, academy chief Rob Jenkins, who gave a who gave a speech and a talk after our video analysis session, um, the yeah, and I, I thought it was good then, and he made the point, didn't he, saying you know we we're obviously striving to produce players, but for every one we produce, there's tens and tens and tens who who don't make it and and it's important they do educational sessions as well, and that they're trying to create rounded individuals and you know sort of almost bring these people or bring these kids up in line with the Mm. with the values of the club I know Mark Noble takes a a keen interest in what goes on at the academy as well so uh, no it was a it was a brilliant day thanks for the guys at Betway for sorting out thank you for coming along Jake as well enjoyable day had by all um Jake thanks for coming on the podcast tonight enjoy Rome as well Uh, what where are you flying from I'm East Midlands tomorrow afternoon so I suspect we're not the same no, we're definitely not the same. No, I, well, I suspected that might be the case. But uh, yeah, is that I, like I, a chart? 
huh? club charter flight or something? No. Hey, can no. you not fly from London? Um, I could have done. Um, yeah. <laughs> true story. After we um, beat PSV Eindhoven, I mm. asked my friends who I was with what flight they were on. Um, yeah. And I won't lie, I had quite a few beers and I paid massively <laughs> over the odds um, for a flight. <laughs> Um, which isn't really the one I would have wanted. I would have preferred to fly <laughs> from London um, after work tomorrow, but I'm actually flying from the East Midlands tomorrow afternoon, and I've paid about 10 times what I could have done um, <laughs> if I'd been in London. But that's what you get for, for booking yeah. flights when you're, when you're high and excited um, yeah, and you've yeah. had a few beers. But um, we live and Fair learn, enough, sort of. Fair enough. <laughs> well, listen, mate, look, enjoy it. Um, huge night for, for both our clubs. Thanks for coming and giving us a little bit of insight into what to expect from Norwich on Sunday, Jake Watson there from Talksport, and stay with us because we'll have much more from Jonesy and I next. Jake Watson from Talksport there, looking ahead to that Canaries game on Sunday. I really hope, James, that when that swings around, I've still got my attitude of not caring whatsoever about the Premier League because we'll have got through the second leg against Eintracht Frankfurt and are going to be in the Europa League final. Um, the West Ham women, Jonesy, they played at the weekend and they got well and truly beaten, actually, at Manchester United. 3-0, um, that result. Fortunately, the results around them uh, went in their favour. Brighton got absolutely walloped 7-2 at Manchester City, while Reading, uh, who can also catch West Ham. So West Ham are in sixth, 27 points after 21 games. Brighton in seventh, 25 points after 21 games. Reading also on 25 points after 21 games, but a slightly worse goal difference. Um, Brighton, Reading drew 0-0 with 11th place Leicester. At the weekend, Leicester's first draw of the season and only their 13th point. So, a disappointing result for Reading, who could have caught West Ham. But, uh, yeah, fortunately, that result leaves the girls in sixth. They're only two points behind Tottenham in fifth, albeit Spurs have played a game less. Um, but, yeah, that, that result of the weekend, Jonesy, I don't think overly surprising. 2-0 um, down inside 20 minutes. Former West Ham striker Martha Thomas Getting on the score sheet after 12 minutes. Grace Fisk putting through her own net uh, before Leah Goulton wrapped up the points for United just four minutes into the second half. A 31% possession for the girls. Uh, eight shots, just managed the one on target while United had 19 shots and seven on target. All in all, stats not looking particularly good, really. Um, sort of dominant from United, who... Uh, who haven't lost in their last five games anyway. So they're on good form. West Ham's is stuttering a bit um, from the last five. It's one one win, three defeats and a draw. Uh, but managing to maintain that position in the table, uh, you know, what, what do you make of that result? Not overly surprising. Um, just fortunate, really, that the other results went our way. Yeah, it's not surprising at all. You know, they're in form. Uh, they want to qualify for Europe. Champions League, so um, they needed to win that. Uh, it'd be good for us to to finish in the top ten, as you said. The the, the, uh, the results went our way. Top half, you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, top half. Um, what did I say? Top ten, and top there was ten. only twelve teams in the league, so I knew yeah. where you were coming from. Yeah, yeah top half. Top so yeah, pretty good for us to finish I mean. in the top twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, our, our final game of the season, 
is against Arsenal, who are going for the title. Um, so it's very unlucky for us to pick up points there. Um, so whether we finish top six or not is is in the balance. Brighton play at Everton on their in their last game, mm. which is um, winnable, which is winnable for them. Uh, but Reading plays City, I believe. Yeah. So they've got a chance of, uh, of uh, well, yeah, they'll probably lose yeah. that. So it looks like you know, potentially Brighton might beat us to, to sixth. But hmm. like we've said it so many times, haven't we, mate, that you know, regardless yeah. what season it's been for for the ladies' team, because last year was touch and go whether they're going to stay in the league. And, and this year they've, mm. they've bounced back. Oli Harder's got them playing really, really well and a couple of cut runs and um, potentially a top six finish. I mean, yeah. They would have we would have snapped anyone's hand off at the beginning of the season for that, wouldn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're absolutely right, mate. I totally agree with you. Um, listen, Jonesy, uh, exciting stuff from the West Ham women this season. I think uh, we we'll, we'll go into it a bit more at the end of the year, won't we? We'll see how this game goes against Arsenal. Not against, um, you know, completely out the question that the girls will get result. Unlikely. Um, yeah, you can see us finishing seventh, which I think is something we could be proud of. Decent performances in, in both cups as well. Um, so, yeah, exciting times all round and, and maintaining the positive the positive vibe and and lots of praise coming out, uh, certainly, of this podcast. Um, perhaps we'll try and get, excuse me, um, Ollie Harder on at some point over the summer to have a chat about uh, the, the season, how he feels it's gone, I'm sure, He'll be feeling extremely positive because it's been a it's been a great turnaround job, and I think he's built a great platform this season. It'll obviously depend a lot on on the recruitment in the summer, um, but it'll, he's built a good platform to to push on and progress even more, and perhaps start challenging uh, in those couple of places uh, above. Really, just you know, the top four is probably a little bit untouchable just based on on budgets alone, really. But uh, we've gone toe-to-toe with some big teams, picked up some big results this season. And crucially, I think, just started beating the teams or getting results against teams uh, that the girls are expected to, really. So a clear shift in in attitude and approach at the club. I think Ollie alluded it to, has alluded to it before, that, you know, got a few bad eggs out, perhaps, over the summer, um, building a team in his own image somewhat. Uh, and it's paying dividends. So, yeah, happy days, unfortunate result um, at the weekend. But onwards and upwards to Arsenal. That's the uh, 8th of May. Yeah, the Sunday, Jonesy, at home. 12 o'clock kickoff, if anyone fancies it. Final game of the WSL season. The girls deserve a, a good reception for what's been a pretty successful campaign on the whole. That's it for the West Ham women for this week. That's basically it for the whole podcast but stay with us because you'll have some final thoughts from Jonesy and I next well that's it for another week Jonesy enjoyed that one well it's almost it for another week it's not really because I'll be chatting to Basti Roth tomorrow or Basti Red as he is on YouTube and uh, on his online presence uh, the same guy I chatted to last week for the opposition view I'll be meeting him tomorrow night in Frankfurt to have a pint uh, and have a chat about the game. Um, So there will be an additional Opposition View only podcast coming out tomorrow, which will just be me and Basti. Uh, Probably be a bit of an extended one, a bit longer than usual, which will be good. Uh, So, yeah, be sure to give that a listen as well. So it's not really that. That's it for me and Jonesy for this week. James, we mentioned already that you're not not going out there this week. Um, Now... 
I've had a conversation or two this week with my boss, who's a West Ham fan, who's going out there. Um, he was also out in Seville. He missed Leon. Uh, he's out there for this one. And he's getting a little bit excited about Seville and he's showing me potential routes, um, you know, sort of ways you can get there and talking about hotels and all that sort of stuff. Now, I've just been a little bit nervous about the whole thing, quite honestly. Um, and I, I don't know, it just feels a bit jinx in it. I sort of want to get it done. However, like the, 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 the Frankfurt trip, I sorted out in the away end. I was texting my boss who was back in England, asking him to sort out my flights as I was in the away end as we were winning the Frankfurt trip. Now, you were fortunate in that you didn't lose out on Barcelona flight money in the end. Mm. Um, through luck rather than judgment. But you have booked a hotel for Seville for the final. Talk me through it. I have. Well, it was, uh, it was, I think it was last week, I think, or maybe just over last week. I was. It suddenly dawned on me. I was like, oh, my God, Seville could cost me an absolute fortune. Mm. Um, so I need to start having a little look. I thought I'm not gonna. I know flight. I had a look at flights. I knew they're expensive. I'm not even gonna bother booking those now because mm. they're they're very very expensive. I thought I'm not willing to. Right. So yesterday, London to Seville flights are six seventy to do yeah. Wednesday Friday. Yeah, I thought just very similar to what I was looking at. I just thought, do you know what? No, I'm not doing that. But I need to reserve a hotel. I need mm. to get a hotel. And I looked on uh, Booking.com. Some hotels in Seville already for two nights are over a grand. <laughs> and I'm and I'm going. <laughs> Okay, right, this is going to be a very, very expensive two days in Spain. Um, and then found one in the city centre for, I think it was uh, just over 600 euro. It's about 540 right. quid. And I thought, and it's in the city centre. I thought, boom, I'll, I'll reserve that. Turns out that my free cancellation um, date was yesterday. And I didn't cancel it. For obvious reasons so well what do you mean for obvious reasons so because to me they are not obvious at all so talk me through well, why they're obvious the fact that is we lost that, the first leg the fact, i mean i could have done that but then the risk is then that we win and then i end up paying a grand for a hotel when i could have had one for 540 quid so i was like i'm just gonna have to swallow the 500 quid and the chances are i'll probably be able to sell it to a rangers fan or a frank fan if if um if they do get through the final we don't so all is not lost on that front although um i'm prepared i've I've already decided that yeah i've lost the 540 quid um if we win happy days uh i've just got to work out how to pay for pay for the journey but yeah that's that's the situation i'm in at the moment wow wow um yeah, I don't, well, I don't know, mate. I, I just don't know. I don't know, really. It's all getting... How do you feel about the, the sort of jinxing it element? Because that's one thing that feels a little bit... I don't know. I'm just a bit like, oh, I don't want to talk about nah, the final. Not... Because it's just too much to process. I just, it's all just getting a bit overwhelming, frankly. I'm not, I'm not fussed about that. I'm not, I'm not uh, fussed about it. It's terrible now, mate. Come that on. was all right, wasn't it? I'm Jack Frank Fertley. No, 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 stop no, it. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so much bothered about the jinxing thing. I just thought, you know, I need to get something in place just in case because otherwise it could cost me far more than um, I should be spending on two days mm. in, in Spain. Um, yeah. What what nights have you got? Is it a Wednesday to Friday job? 
no Tuesday to Thursday. I can't Ooh. stay to the Friday because the Friday is my wedding anniversary. So, what, so what, Tuesday to Thursday. So when when would you what Thursday the, night you'd stay though or not? No, the Friday. Oh, no, the game's on Wednesday, isn't it? Sorry, the sorry, the Wednesday, sorry, isn't it? Yeah. Weirdly, no, like, yeah. I spent all season on a Thursday and I worked the final on a Wednesday. But that works yeah. more in my favour because my wedding anniversary is the Friday, right? So I can get back in time for that, and everyone's happy. Right. Kind of. Okay, I like your thinking there, mate. I like yeah. your thinking. Yeah, Tuesday to Thursday is what I was looking at. Yeah. Um. Oh, I don't know, mate. Honestly, oh god, no. Or just this is all already all too much for me, anyway, right? This has been a complete and utter, and as amazing as it's been, it's I've just been a an emotional and financial wreck because of all this. I was, I mean, I don't know. I, I put it on, I put it on the Instagram. Um, and obviously, we don't do loads on the We Are West End podcast Instagram, to be fair. I've tried to do a little bit more recently. Uh, share a few of my own posts on there just so the people who do follow us get a little bit of, of stuff out of it. But I, I just want to run through what happened to me the other day, Josie. Or you, it might be better if you tell the story, actually. Um, but it, when I had to call you in Tesco's. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was at work uh, trying to keep my composure, trying to... This is on the day out. of the last Thursday. On the day, on the day, of, the, on the day of the game. So I'm just trying to block it out. I need to get for the day of work before I think about it. Um, and then you just message me and go, I'm in Tesco and I'm crying. <laughs> crying. And then and then you phone me up. And you're like, I've been walked down the fruit and veg edge aisle about eight times, just pulling my <laughs> eyes out. And then you sent me a voice note and went, I just keep saying out loud, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like the kid's lost the plot. He's absolutely yeah. lost the plot. But I, I did have it. I think it a bit teary. I was, I, I watched a video. I can't remember what it was. Uh, at my desk. I got a bit teary. Then I was like, oh my god, tonight could be history in the making. Mm. So yeah, very emotional. Everyone knows I'm an emotional fan, anyway. So you. Well, that's why I text you to be yeah, honest. Like you're like this, mate. I've just and I, teared up in Tesco's. And I, I know that I've been, I've been invited to watch the game at um, there's like a little mini West Ham fan park going on somewhere in Stratford, I think. Tenant to get in, watch the game on the big screen. Oh, really? Um, I don't know where. It might even be Hackney or something like that. I don't right. know. But all my cool. mates are going. They were like, "Oh, Jay, like, come along!" And I was like, oh, "Do you know what? If I'm not going to the game, I'm just going to watch it home on my own." You're joking, really? Um, just because. Oh, mate, I don't know about that. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I know either way, I'm going to be bawling my eyes out. Um, but if we win, I'm just not too sure what I would do or how I'm going to react like we've never I, I don't know and I I'm so, I don't really really I don't really want to be in public to find out um so I'm I'm going to watch it at home with Lucy hmm. and just try and remain composed and enjoy it that way um See, I, 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 I guarantee you people listening go absolutely nutty do I watch it with your pals but yeah and and yeah, you're right. I would, but I just I'm I'm already so nervous about it that I just I want to be able I want to be able to enjoy it as well. Mm. And on last Thursday, I had a, a, a company social beforehand. We were, yes, yeah, yeah. We were at Flight Club in Victoria for from two o'clock, and I left there about past five to go to the game. Mm. Um, so by the time I walked into the ground, I was about ten pints deep, <laughs> um, which then meant that I woke up the following morning and I had to watch the highlights straight away to kind of re-remember what happened because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was I was drunk. I had yeah, a lot yeah. of beer, um, 
And I, if if we win, I want to be out of the room. It's an uncommon view of West Ham, is it? I know, it's true, but yeah. this is a game where I want to be able to remember it. And I know if I'm out, true. I won't remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes it. What's Lucy like as far as football goes? Because I'll be honest, that sort of, the idea of that, like, I don't know, I get, I sort of, I get a little bit like, it's not a, not a good part of my personality that comes out. If that, I get a bit ratty around people who, like aren't properly into as invested in it as I am not, and I'm not. I'd never expect them to be. I'm, I'm like, it's fine that you don't care about West Ham or football, or as much as me, but I really do. So like, I can't be around people who aren't like invested in it as much as I am. So like the idea, you know, I've taken um, like girlfriends I've had in the past two games, and I, I, I don't mind it on the whole, but I like. If the, I remember one, this was a few years ago, quite a long time ago, actually. We were rubbish. Uh, I think we may have drew one all with Sunderland, and I only remember it. Oh, because we either terrible. drew one all or beat them one nil. Um, and I only remember it because the game was so dull, and we left on like 89 minutes, which I never do. But you understand why I did in a minute. And then we scored the winner as we walked down the stairs, which put me in an even worse mood. But by the end of it, she'd been moaning at me for eight or not moaning just saying to me for ages ah oh, can i come to a stand with you whatever took her along and like for most of the second half i mean it was crap football at the time anyway the game was rubbish west Ham rubbish for most of the second half it's just like online shopping on her phone and i was like right i know it's rubbish and this is boring i'm bored and this is rubbish and it is cold i get it but like at least pretend it's only 90 minutes. At least yeah. just pretend. So yeah. by the end of it, the football was poor. She wasn't into it anyway. And then we left. And then you then missed the goal. Either the winner or the equaliser. And I missed the goal. And yeah, it's just foul mood. And yeah, not just like the partners or whatever, but even like the uncles I've got who just aren't that into football. I don't like watching football. <laughs> people like that. I need to be with other fans. Yeah. Um, who are proper that. into it. What's Lucy like? Lucy, I mean, she makes no secret that you know, she, if she had the option, she wouldn't watch football. <laughs> um, she she doesn't really she doesn't really care for it. Um, right. But like during the Euros last summer, yeah, she watched England games with me. The ones I watched at home, yeah. Um, I say watched. She kind of half watches, half WhatsApps her mates and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But she she has a uh, she she invested a little bit of interest into it for yeah. for me. Um, I think Thursday night um, will probably be very similar. She'll be kind of, I think, for her own sake, she's obviously going to be willing West Ham to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, she's got an incredibly depressed husband for the rest of the summer. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she's she'll watch it with me. She'll um, she'll be very very excited, obviously, if we if we win. Um, mm. And yeah, but I be, like that. That's nice that she's doing yeah. it sort of like on your behalf or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and she'll obviously. I've already, told, I've already told. I've already told her. She knows. I've already told her. There's going to be tears either way, babe. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will be crying first. And, and she's like, I know, James. I watched you in the Euros against Germany, and yeah, like it was terrible then. So it's going to be terrible on Thursday. So, <laughs> is what it is. So um, yeah. I know what I'm married to, darling. Yeah, 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 yeah. She knows. She knows what to expect already. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously. Fair play, mate. Fair play. Well, look, I mean. It's brilliant. It's so nice to be having these conversations, to be quite honest. You know, whatever happens, it's just brilliant. And I do kind of get what you mean about European football next year. And that will be good, but I just, you know, 
It's just, I can't even process it all. And even now, this is just making me smile again. And you I know, love it. But it's know, such an emotional financial roller coaster, honestly. Do you know what's weird is that two years ago, not far off exactly two years ago to the day, we mm. were preparing to go to uh, Norwich away. We needed a win in order to secure our Premier League safety and relegate mm. Norwich. Antonio 4, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, two years later, we're going to Norwich away. They're already relegated. Mm. And um, we're three, what, three days away from a Europa League semi-final second leg and are worried whether we might finish in the top seven or we might finish eighth. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. what a terrible life we live. Honestly. Um, it's, it's, it, I'm not too sure I'll ever be able to really comprehend the, the rapid rise of West Ham. Mate, it's processing it all so quick. It's, like... it's like, hang on, what, what on earth just happened? Yeah. And it could, it still has the potential to get even better. Mate, that's what I'm saying. Like, what on earth is going on here? I'm basically um, still trying to like process the Leo, the Sevilla home game. Yeah. Like, I'm still not really over that. Let, I haven't, I haven't even got to Leon away yet of like yeah. trying to compute what's gone on. Yeah. Like, if we win this thing, it'll be like 2029, and I'll be like, finally, be like, bloody hell, we won the Europa League. How amazing was that? Like seven years time or whatever. It's just, car, yeah. I just love it, mate. I absolutely love it. But I was, what's funny, like this year, sort of, I sort of worked quite hard last year. We were chatting about this the other day, weren't we? Sort of got my head down, um, you know, just on on lots of fronts. I sort of needed, did a, had a bit of a boring year, if you like, you know, saved a bit of money, was like moving house and sort of settling into this, uh, the, the, the flat I'm in at the moment. Um, yeah, so, but, by the new year come round, I sort of had everything, it had all paid off and everything was all lined up nicely and I was sort of just into my groove financially, like, you know, professionally, emotionally, mentally, all of those things. It was like, yeah, it's, you know, 2022 is going to be decent. I'm ready for it. Just like a nice, consistent, like, you know, um, consistent year. And then, yeah, we're five months into it already. West Ham Europa League run. Emotions been absolutely all over the place financial plan absolutely might as well throw that in the sea uh just everything's been completely blown up but i mean it's just amazing that that right is ex- exactly the phrase that i was muttering to myself repeatedly last week when i was crying in tesco's and i inadvertently gone to the gym in the morning and just put on a pair of west ham shorts and my training top like inadvertently sort of decked myself out in west ham clubber and then yeah just roaming around the supermarket tearing up afterwards and this just this chat now is just starting like even though I'm going tomorrow but this chat now has just started getting those feelings back again when I'm just like so this will be me now just beaming from ear to ear until well probably until either Frank don't go four new up on Thursday and I try and uh I try and get out of the ground at half time or until well until ever because like if we win and get to the Europa League final it's just mental <laughs> ah, absolutely crazy mate well look uh, it's been another really good show mate I've enjoyed it I've had a good time um, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham we're on Instagram at we are West Ham pod Facebook just search we are West Ham podcast and get on over to our YouTube this week if you can and subscribe if you don't already that'll do us a favour there's absolutely loads more thousands more of you um, that listen and download this podcast every week compared to the amount of YouTube subscribers we've got. Um, so that video we did last week went down really well. There'll be enough one of those 
tomorrow so get on over there and hit subscribe if you can subscribe to the podcast as well if you don't already of course tell your mates about us give us five stars write a review uh, just spread the word of the We Are West Ham word if you fancy it. Uh, don't forget as well that you can buy us a beer, me and Jonesy, and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestham. Donations start from as little as a fiver each. And as we remind you every week, the money goes straight to me and Jonesy and only gets spent on equipment or guest fees to make the podcast better or just simple beers for Jonesy and I when we are together. That hopefully will be very soon. Jonesy then, final thoughts. West Ham is seventh in the Premier League. We did lose to Arsenal and Eintracht Frankfurt. The form doesn't look overly good from a results perspective. However, I just got, it's just been magic so far this season. Thursday night, away from home in the Europa League against Eintracht Frankfurt. I just haven't got any room for doom and gloom in me, really. I just got a, we're going to do it in my eyes. But give me some final thoughts um, on the last couple of games, the podcast tonight, the week ahead, whatever you fancy, uh, before we say goodbye to everyone for another week. Well, it's been another good chat, as always, mate. Um, it has been fun. Um, Didn't rate your German much. No, nah, my German's terrible. I apologise to the listeners That's for that. That's a low uh, point of the podcast, yeah, wasn't it? A very, very low point, hopefully. Iron low point. Iron point and <laughs> lowest. And... Um, yeah, if we get to Seville, hopefully I might be able to... My Spanish will be a little bit better, but... Um, yeah. We... I'm just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, I'm still very nervous for Thursday, but I'm, I'm slightly confident that we can do it. We're good enough to do it. Um, we've got the quality. And um, I have, I will, I'm, I'm not even going to start thinking about if we do it. Like, that's just you already have. You booked a hotel. I know, but that's just logistically. I've had to do that. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just like the the sheer magnitude of what that means for for this football club, if we win on Thursday. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. It's, it's not even that. It feels like we'll just end up at the in the Europa League final. It's just like we've just been on this mad journey for the last two years, and suddenly we've just ended up here. And it's like, what on earth are we doing here? Like, mm. I. Um, I'll, it'll take me a while to comprehend, even after the final, if we get there, I think I'd still take me a while to really comprehend what we've done as a football club, as a fan base. And okay. um, yeah, it's just thinking about it, just it makes me feel really weird inside. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I don't really know how to behave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Process it or whatever, yeah. Okay, all right, I'm going to do this, Jonesy, because... There is a chance, there is a chance that this could be the last time we could feasibly do this when it could realistically happen. But the idea, right, and can you imagine Mark Noble and Declan Rice, because they will, they would do it, hoisting the Europa League trophy. <laughs> I mean, it's is it, just... It's it just can, a thing. This is a thing I struggle with. Genuinely, genuinely happen. And that will just, and I'm pretty, what's it called, like pragmatic, and I'm not really a fairy tale sort of bloke. I'm a pretty pragmatic guy in life anyway, and don't really buy into too many, like, you know, fairy tale dreamland sort of things. But can you imagine? This is what I struggle with, mate. I mean, and it's what I struggle with. Two games we've got to win. Yeah, it's just, this is what I struggle with is that he he, he retires at the end of the season, never won a trophy with us. And 
after 18 years, it ends up that on his last game, he wins the, the trophy that we were least likely to ever win in his entire 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it just, it, it's almost so ridiculous that it, it's kind of meant to be. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's a story that you, you don't write. Like, being, lifting, being in the Europa League final and winning the Europa League um, is for other clubs. It's not for West Ham United. It's, it's never been for West Ham United, not, not in my lifetime. Um, and all of a sudden we're here with David Moyes as our manager, who would have thought it? Mm. Um, and yeah, we've literally can taste it almost. Mm. Um, still a lot to do, but it's ridiculous. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And yeah, if we do it, God, I just... I just wanted to allow us to just revel in that idea just for a couple of seconds because it might all be over by Thursday. I don't want to end the podcast on that note, of course. But, you know, realistically, he, where we sit now, 3rd of May, 5 to 7 p.m. UK time, there is a chance still. All it needs is two games of football, two victories for West Ham. Or oh, not even that, actually, like one victory um, against Frankfurt and then like, a draw and pens. We could even do that. Well, I'm I mean, like, it's, it's so, yeah, I know, of course, but you know, like, that's technically what could happen. I mean, Nobbs isn't going to miss, is he? But <laughs> if he knows that's on the line, yeah, it's just phenomenal. And yeah, I just want to drink it in, really. I, I'm struggling to get on board with any negativity. I just find any negativity that's come, whether it's Arsenal or just anyone moaning at the moment. And I do appreciate, you know, we should have signed some more players in January, right? Appreciate that. That's a given. But outside, we haven't. So outside of that, you know, people still moaning about stuff at the moment. And, and also, I just think, what on earth is the matter with you? Like, just think of the club you've had to support for the last, well, before this, right? And bar the last season at Upton Park. Or even now, including that, right? Before Moisey in this second spell, before the last two seasons, what do we have? One good one out of the last, what, 15? 15, 20 years. And the last notable thing was like 2006, wasn't it? That spell from 2008, sorry, yeah, 2007, up until this, like the beginning of last season and the Lingard impact and all that sort of stuff, which I know happened in January, but that was a great season as well to get us here. Between 2007 and effectively, what, 2020? Like, yeah. we had the last One season at the park, which was nice. And even then, we only finished, what, seventh in the end? To be fair, before 2006, what, the only Mate. season before that was 99, where we finished fifth. Yeah, but all right, we had some playoffs, like, wins, which were good for fans. But we only got those because we'd been so rubbish in the Premier League before. Like, we're fighting at the very top of English football with the in the last four teams of a European elite European competition. I just think if you can't enjoy this and be happy at the moment and look at the bigger picture of how far the club's come, then you never will be. You never, you'll never be satisfied mm. because when has it ever been better than this, really? Particularly for those of us who are our age, mate. I know you, well, I'm four years younger than you or whatever. But honestly, I just think this is, this is the essence of what I've wanted and dreamed about and just sort of would just resign myself to the fact would never happen my whole West Ham supporting career. So I think it is absolutely amazing. And whatever happens on Thursday, 
you know what you should be happy everyone should be happy and proud of our club because finally people are talking about us not in embarrassing terms or taking a mickey out of us or whatever but finally the the, the players on the pitch and the manager are performing to the same sort of levels that match the passion and the love and whatever that West Ham fans have always had for our club. So just, just drink it in and smile and just enjoy the occasion. We've got the players we've got. <clears throat> Get behind them from wherever you're watching in the world on Thursday night. And uh, yeah, let's just hope. Let's hope and let's dream and, and let's just let's just roll with it. Why not? Why not? Two games of football potentially before Mark Noble and Declan Rice hoist that UEFA League, UEFA, UEFA League trophy above their heads. And that could have happened by the end of the month. Why not? Dream. Love it. Roll with it. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Keep your eye out and your ears out for that opposition view that I'll do with Basti from the Eintracht Frankfurt podcast tomorrow, which is Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this. Thanks very much for listening. Up the hammers. West Ham United are massive absolutely everywhere they go, overland and overseas. It will be overseas on Thursday night when we go to Eintracht Frankfurt and why can't we win? Of course we can flip him win. Thanks for listening, everyone. Up the hammers. We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.